Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 170, episode 4 of Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, February 4th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Yeti or not, can't decide, diet love, gonna find truth by watching Frozen. Yeti or not, <laughs> dead bodies with no clothes on, Soviet soldier dead by monster. My dead body on the Diet Love Pass, smashed around and naked to confuse your ass. Uh, that is courtesy of the Yeti or Not from Bub Andrew Bub, from uh, in reference to the Diet Love Pass uh, story that we covered recently. And I'm thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, Lil Zam herself, Jamie Lofton! A.K.A. Emily and Paris, Golden Globe nominee. <laughs> wow. Yes, indeed. Wow. Good for her. Uh, we're, we're talking snubs, flubs, and uh, dubs. Listen, listen uh, as long as we, as long as I, I didn't, I scanned the list and I didn't see a forky in sight, so I'm, I'm fucking chill. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat. This is a fucking powerhouse of a show. Uh, the hilarious, the talented, one of the very faces on Mount Zeitmore, Lacey Mosley! Hey, what's poppin'? Oh, I'm so happy to be hey. here. I feel like I haven't been here in a minute. So good to yes. Have you. Good welcome, to welcome. see y'all. Good welcome. to be had. Good to be seen and not be viewed, as the old blacks say. Yeah. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> uh, Lacey, oh what's, what's new with you? Oh my gosh, what is new with me? I've been, uh, it's so funny to me because people in Hollywood and celebrities and stuff will be like, guys, we all need to be staying at home. But then, like, we're all like fully back at work. Um, so I've been <laughs> shooting this entire time. Now I get tested. Like, look, my nose is getting tested like it's doing pornos. It's getting tested every day, uh. twice a day. <laughs> um, at this point, I don't even feel anything in there anymore. It's just like, yeah, do it. Do it to me. And they're like, we already did it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I remember when I first started getting them done, it was just like full, like Nefertiti. Like, they were scrambling my brain. Now I just don't feel it anymore. Maybe I'm numb. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that's good that they're like they're testing you as much as they need to though i'm always so scared that like that like sets that aren't doing it right that's good yeah no everyone's on a testing schedule and then you work in your one little bubble you don't so you don't see or talk to anybody else on set who's not in that bubble wild cool uh netflix just got sued for having not great set safety. I think it was more in the early days of the pandemic. Yeah. But there are still sets like that where they're just like, yeah, yeah, we tested. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Like, I won't say the name <laughs> of this set, but there's a set that's like fully up and running. It's a huge show. You would know it. And I know people who work on it. And they told me that two of the leads, well, okay. So one of the leads is like, they're like a married couple. I can't say more than that because they don't give away. And Emily one of the leads was like, Paris, the two leads. <laughs> Emily and <gasps> Paris, the city. They let their. <laughs> They got an alt. <laughs> they were like, hey, I saw your Instagram and you were fully at a party. And then someone else on the crew was like, yeah, I saw that Instagram post too. And it made me so upset. And then that person said to the the second person was like, what the fuck, man? You was just in Vegas yesterday. Don't talk about me. And then it just started. Like Everyone just started snitching on each other. God. <laughs> wow. Just a that circle. Is, what a Like, what I a saw journey. you making out with the staff at Applebee's on Tuesday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who among us, though, right? Um, <laughs> right. Who could, who could resist? Yeah. I mean, there's oh, so many ways funny. that uh, the, this pandemic is not great at co- uh, coexisting with capitalism. Like, so I heard right. from one actor that they went in for a test and it was like short notice they i think they were a replacement for somebody else and so they needed the test to be negative and so they like barely <laughs> grazed the outside of their nostrils to when they were testing them because they just you oh know, my god they they're like oh well they they're like just in case everyone will just get yeah, sick well, and that's fine what yeah i guess i don't know 
Yeah, like then your show's just gonna get shut down for like two weeks. It's not yeah. worth it. That's so ugh. It's I mean, there's there's no good way to go through this stuff. I'm I'm curious of what happened with the Tom Cruise COVID bots on the set of Mission Impossible. I'm like, did those end up existing? There Wait, were what were these, the COVID uh, bots? Uh, oh, it was because it was when I was covering for you, Jack. There, uh, so <laughs> Tom Cruise got really mad. I remember uh, that he got he got really mad that COVID protocol was not being covered, and so instead of like advocating for better standards on the set, he bought robots to go around and spy on the cast and crew to see if everyone was following social distancing guidelines. He literally was like, "I know what we'll do." Big Brother COVID robots, but I haven't heard about them in a while. I wonder how it's going. That sounds well, terrifying. They could just all, have like COVID officers who watch people. He's like, no, 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 we go get robots and they go go follow them into the bathroom too. They go follow them. Literally like <laughs> Z News on wheels. Like what the fuck? It's it's so dark. But um, he did. He he allegedly did get some COVID bots. So I don't. I wonder how it's going. I wonder if they're friendly. Didn't he? decide to take a step back from filming or something like take a break because he kept having like meltdowns on the set and like they kept leaking them he was like maybe i need to i think it's a dangerous direction to take one's narcissism uh to to be to like think you control every like he it seems like both everyone around him and he are convinced that he is like a god of some sort all right so, that's the thing is like honestly, it's hard like short for that well, i can't believe that's really <laughs> held up because he the man is so tiny when you see him he oh god is he still up in that scientology is he still rocking out with oh Zenu? for sure oh for yeah. sure yeah these are little xenu bots just in the few times i've seen him speak uh not guarded the the scientology video where he's like talking about how he can save anyone's life if he like drives by a car accident and stops, he can save their life. And then like when he was talking about the set being like him basically whole propping up all of Hollywood on his shoulders, it's like that's a lot of pressure he's putting on himself via his uh just wildly unhealthy narcissism. <laughs> um all yeah. right, let's get to know you a little bit better in a moment, Lacey. Uh, first, just a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, COVID cases are starting to fall. Uh, we will talk about that and the mysterious circumstances surrounding that. How I we I don't understand why they would be falling now. There there is kind of a weird detail uh, that I just found out about. We can touch on briefly that weather is a big factor in uh, weather in how much COVID is spreading in a given location. It's like not really being reported on, I feel like, because people feel like it's out of your control. But Mm -hmm. it does. I'm like glad to know it. Um, We'll talk about Fox News. Sean Hannity is suffering from depression live on air. Uh, So we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll talk about the Lincoln Project. Turns out they were the bad guys. Uh, We will talk about the stimulus package. Uh, Jeff Bezos. I got a couple things to say about this Bezos guy. And the Golden Globes, of course. Uh, We will talk about them. All of that, plenty more. But first, Lacey, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Um, Something about my search history that is revealing about me is I have been doing a deep dive on Cynthia Rowley and her fashions. And the reason for that is because on The Bachelor this season, with the the black bachelor who is like pretty much white, but but is still brown. Um, <laughs> a young Republican. A young yeah. Republican uh, who loves God <laughs> and, and never had a black dad. Uh, you know, uh, as us blacks be all the time. Um, so Cynthia Rowley's daughter, Kit, is on the show. And she kept kind right. of being like, you know, my mom is just like a fashion icon. And, you know, I'm just in the public eye all the time. And I was like, who's I? I ain't never see you. And then I Googled her. <laughs> I was about to say, should I know who this is? I know. No. I, was like, There's, I didn't know they were doing nepotism pics on Bachelor now. Right? No, she's, she gives very much Blair Waldorf from Gossip Girl. Like, it's like whatever scene she's mm. involved in, I'm sure the, pe- the girls know who she is. But, like, I would have never known. <laughs> so I had to Google yeah. her. And then I was like, why is she on this show? She could go find her an oil tycoon or something. Like, why is she trying to? be with Matt in his two-bedroom apartment. Like, what you doing, boo-boo? <laughs> you could do better than this. I don't know. I mean, you love is important. You know, love first. But, um, 
Mm. Are you out on the season based on uh, this dude being kind of not not as cool as initially advertised or are you still in nope i'm still in i am disappointed that i know abc is not gonna show his do-rag like i want a fantasy suite where he wake up and with the do-rag on with the cape in the back and i want it blowing in the wind i want it fabio style but i know i'm not gonna get that um but i'm still gonna watch because i love mass mm-hmm. it's true yeah. it's a good this girl this blair waldorf is the perfect uh holy shit Right. Yeah, she, she's, she's like a, a real Blair Waldorf ass. Yeah, uh, she's a, yeah. <laughs> she's a generic. She's a Blair Waldorf light because you can tell her hair is not actually blonde in the first place. Right. I think she's just trying to get herself some some recognition outside of her mom's shadow. So um, I go on Arden Mirren's podcast. Will you accept this rose a few times? And they do. She does the research. So she said the girls tried many businesses and, and you know online in, influencing. So I think now the Bachelor will give her the boost that she needs. But it's still weird. Oh, she young. She's only like twenty one. She's a baby. That's the other thing. It's like you gonna get married. Wow, yeah, that's really many young failed to be on the careers in. <laughs> like that's Wild. the best years of your thighs, girl. What you talking about? You gonna get married to who? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> There's so many subgenres of influencer at this yeah, point that's true. too. That that it's like yeah, I guess mommy influencers is a whole category. That oh, there's all this sure. drama. I wouldn't even know. And like, yeah. what do you do when you're a mommy influencer? Your kids become less interesting because no one cares about a teen. No one's like, this is what I this is what I cut up for my 15 year old son right before he calls me a bitch and says he hates me. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like we yeah, want to see get to the baby. point where you're like, <laughs> you gotta have another. This baby. is a blanket. It's covered in cum because my children won't stop. Right. It's like, this is how to like, get cum out of socks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I use soap and there, vinegar. Which I use. I know, th- I know there's like a, I mean, it's it like totally no disrespect to the, to the mommy bloggers. It just, it seems like it's, I don't know. Anytime you're like truly monetizing your life, it just feel like no matter who you are, it just gets, I feel like you hit a wall eventually. I, I don't know. Cause here's the thing. I, I know it's some, I don't know if I'll ever be slanging shit on Insta. Cause to me, it kind of gives like, I need Instagram money and I'm not making, you know, real Hollywood money, but maybe I don't, don't, don't put me don't, I might be slinging tea next week, so don't put don't put hold into that. I might be like, Mm-mm, bitch, this tea made me lose weight, made my hair grow. <laughs> I got that wop after I drank this tea, so um, <laughs> I don't know. That might be me, but I feel like you can do it in a way where people feel like it's authentic, but you're really not telling people a lot about your actual life. Um, but at the same time, totally. Jamie, I'm with you. It does get weird at times, like. Uh, especially when people like it's weird because I think people should be able to post happy things and sad things so that it's a balance of like we're not getting a fake you know whatever not just post what you want to post but I remember uh Hilaria Baldwin who I love so much um and that's um (laughs) if you don't know that's Alec Baldwin's uh (laughs) Hispanic wife scammer ass wife who's not Hispanic yeah but um from Boston she's from Boston doesn't remember what cucumbers are called (laughs) um she she posted when they lost one of their babies um unfortunately they were in the hospital and she posted about it and it was sponsored by nivea and i was like oh oh my god oh god (laughs) (laughs) don't even know where to begin there that is yeah it's like that just like comes down to like the whole authenticity thing where like there's a demand to be authentic online but then if you actually are then you're kind of putting yourself at risk for people to take your actual genuine like self and just uh relentlessly dump on it yeah it becomes yeah like what is authentic like you're necessarily like viewing everything through a lens of what is like how it's going to be perceived by your audience i don't know like when when uh i first like started working in content production (laughs) is a really fun way to put it uh no but people are like you know once you start doing the thing you love and it becomes a paycheck it's hard to like continue to love it like you have to like work to maintain your relationship to it so it's not it doesn't just turn into like a a burden or like another thing that uh you have to I don't know, struggle against. And like, if that be, mm-hmm. if 
that thing instead of being like your creative outlet was your entire life it feels like that would be difficult i i would not be able to do that i would i would probably lose uh i'd probably start affecting a uh hispanic right accent. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah it is like a very personal thing where i don't know like i don't share as much online as i did a couple of years ago because I don't know. You just have enough bad experiences, and then you're just like, "Oh, okay, we got, we're gonna we're going for an arm's length, and that's fine." Yeah, too. I I still share yeah. like my day to day because I feel like that makes people think mm-hmm. that it's it's personal. Because I'll be like, "Oh, I'm working out," or "Oh, I'm yeah. here." If something funny happens, or if my car gets towed, right. like, stuff like that, I'll share. Mm-hmm. But like the one time I shared something that was actually happening in my life, which is I have really bad uterine fibroids, it was very sweet, like, but it was just an overwhelming outpour of support, and I was like, now I feel like I have to respond to everyone. Oh God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> right, yeah. right. If and then all of a sudden, you're like the spokesperson for that issue, right. and so, like it just yeah, so much yeah. crazy shit has happened over the pandemic that I've just had to, you know, I'll call my friends and family, but I just keep it to myself because it's like I just can't. And I guess that's weird for me to be like, I just can't stand how much people love me and are so nice to me. I just it's too no, much. but it's a real, <laughs> it's a real like philosophical thing that I think an entire generation is dealing with and like right you know, totally, yeah. but they turn on you too have... i've learned about oh, the, of course. E- yeah. the ecosystem of all of this stuff is so interesting to me like there's people on twitter who don't have any followers and if you go to their page you don't, won't see a lot of tweets but if you go to their replies that's where they're on other people's tweets who do have followings trying to get likes and get followers but then they don't have any real tweets so no one ever follows them so they don't it's just it's a ta- uh, like you know someone just by eating their own tail like a snake eating its own tail but every now and then mm-hmm. I get mean people, and that's interesting. Like another yesterday, not yesterday, but a few days ago, there was a woman who wouldn't stop commenting on my post, and she was like, "You look like Tyrese in a wig," and I thought that was funny. Um, and she was like, "You, <laughs> you look, look like, like what?" She said, "I look like the singer slash Fast and Furious actor Tyrese, uh, known as Cryrese, oh in a wig." And she's like, "You look like a roach." Like she just kept coming back, so I had to oh block God. her. But I was like, "Why does this lady hate me?" <laughs> I am fascinated by mean people because I'm so conflict avoidant, like inherently that I'm always just like, God, you're you're amazing. You you can get dragged. And if you get dragged, that's also a badge of honor. It's like, look at this person. They dragged me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what Lacey is something you think is underrated? Underrated. I don't think that we're talking about this season of Search Party enough. Um, <gasps> I just found just it. it to be such an amazing exploration of whiteness and privilege and 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 just. Oh, it's so good. And then also just like where that comes from, narcissism and how deeply unhappy narcissists are, and like it just. It was great to me. There were so many amazing moments. We had some some group kissing, like intimacy between friends. It was just, <laughs> oh my God, I loved it so much. I know the ending people were kind of mad about, but yeah. I loved it. I didn't have an issue with it. I don't know. It was such a good ride too that I'm like, eh, I could kind of end <laughs> right. any which way and I would have been happy to have watched it. Like it's, yeah, that whole group is so fucking great. What season are we on now? Uh, I- fourth, four. I think, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I've only seen season one. I just got HBO uh, or just realized (laughs) that I had HBO Max. So. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So I am now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's actually a gigantic satellite dish behind Jack. Yeah. It's a huge satellite dish. I don't think that's good for your brain. I just have to turn it to the eastern (laughs) corner of the sky and uh, I can sometimes get HBO. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I loved season one and then uh, yeah. have not seen anything since then. It's cool because uh, like it's one of those shows where it seems like each season is its like own story. It's yeah. not just like kid dragging out like season one. There's like a unique kind of like message and like genre. They play around with like a different genre every season. It's like it's great. John Early is so fucking. He's funny. so funny. Um, yeah. What is something you think is overrated? Overrated. I'm sorry to Gen Z, but that damn driver's license song. Good Lord. <gasps> I, I can't. I can't do. 
I'm so tired of the avocado singing. I just got my driver's license. But also, I'm like, maybe I get involved. You know, like, seems like an easy check. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know she's got, like, just nailed it. the Disney community behind her and stuff. So I know that there's, like, you know, the youth. Like, they have plenty of time to stream the song and blow it up. And I'm sh- it's, a, it's a fine song. But I was like, really? Number one in the world? This? This what, y'all, this what we doing? Like, it's... I was just like, what is this? And I have the same thing to say about avocado singers. I have to say about R&B singers who are doing that, like, scissor, like, what are you saying? I want to sing along. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of having to just be like, can I know the words? What happened? It's not a karaoke-friendly singing style. Because you're like, oh, I do need the words. I really do need them. And then when you read the words, you're like, wait, what? That's what they were saying? She said, what? Right. (laughs) We're all going to be at karaoke like, can we stop all night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seatbelt and I'm riding. That whole album is like, what? Like, Ariana Grande has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. And I don't ever know what she'd be talking about. I don't know if we talking about sex. I don't know if we talking about... Honestly, Ariana could be uh, organizing for Antifa. She'd be like, we're going to meet on Third Street, and we're going to be... <laughs> <laughs> That's how they stormed the Capitol. Have- was Ariana's single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was sending messages through her vocals. She's like, all of Congress will be in the right way. <laughs> we won't know. <laughs> we never know. <laughs> That driver's license song, that was like one of those things where I, I didn't think I had heard it, but then I'm like, oh, I've heard that at 7-Eleven every time I've been in a 7-Eleven mm-hmm. for a month. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. It's a real 7-Eleven kind of song. Oh, it is. No disrespect. I mean, it's like whatever. Like I, Because th- that was, the girl is from like the High School Musical TV series. Is that yeah, right? That right. High something? School Musical, the movie, the TV show or something. Doesn't it have like some meta title like that? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling like an absolute boomer, not really knowing what it is but it's, it's that, like good it's for her she, but show. i just like the it, this one seems acutely designed to be only meaningful to people between like who who aren't of legal drinking age yet and like that seems like it's kind of creating some of the some of the popularity because then everybody else is talking shit about it and like that's actually what makes it what makes pop music cool is like right. that old people hating it. So right. it's bizarre. Uh, Park. She was in that, and then High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yes, that's exactly what it's called. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. I knew there was okay. one other show though. Yeah, but I don't know, Jack. It's like it gives me like remember that song that was like it started with a whisper. We all got tortured. Also a huge 7-Eleven song. We all got tortured by that song. But was anybody ever like, this is a bop? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just were like, listen to this song. (laughs) Punching us. Just cram it down. I heard that song every day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I could not tell you... I could yeah. not tell who whose song is that even? Who knows? Who knows? No, it could be yeah, anybody. no, nobody it knows, Jamie. We've been trying to figure that out for years, and uh, the scientific community is still baffled, uh, unable to figure it out. But I get the little emo um, side of the kids wanting this avocado song and liking to listen to it. It's fine. And she plays instruments. I'm not trying to take anything away from her as a musician. I was just like, I don't know. Can we sing with our voices again? No. And we're not going to say words. <laughs> we're not going to put the T's at the ends of what? No. It's going to be what? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair. Um, what did you just say? <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe that is like a thing. Like every gen, I feel like every generation has like a musical style where they don't respect certain letters. Cause it's like, whatever, like early 2000s pop music, they didn't finish their words either. Yeah, where ba-da, it's like, ba-da. yeah, it was like more of a yeah. vowel issue for that generation. <laughs> oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> their vowels yeah. are all over the place. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, all right. Let's uh, take a break and we'll be back uh, to talk about less important shit.
And we're back. Uh, COVID cases are there. If you look at the charts, the cases, the the testing is still holding pretty steady, dipping a little bit because people who don't feel sick aren't going to get tested quite as much, but still, for the most part, holding steady. Uh, and positives are just falling off a cliff, dropping. It's very positive news, uh, and weirdly looking at this chart just made me say, you dumb motherfuckers, over and over again. Uh, <laughs> because, on. like, as much as I knew what the Trump administration was doing was criminally negligent, it's kind of just stark to see it. So, obviously, like, that the guy who is just doing the very bare minimum in listening to science... And, you know, that that is causing numbers to drop like a stone. It's actually that simple. I don't know. The more distance we get from the Trump administration, I feel like the angrier I'm going to be, unfortunately, which is going to make <laughs> this an annoying podcast. <laughs> I know. But it's just like the more perspective I get on it, the more just, yeah, I guess stark and uh, infuriating it is. That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, how much, why do we let him fuck up so much? Also, just like, you know, Chris Rock made that joke of like, in, in no other profession do you get to just fuck up. And they're just like, but he got a four-year contract, so we're just going to let him keep fucking up. <laughs> right. Like, if you're bad at your job, yeah. it shouldn't, it, I don't understand why the office of president is like, look, you can be terrible at this. As long as you don't really break any laws clearly enough that we could be like, you broke the law. Like, there, is that the, that the bar? is on the floor so you can just be so Donald Trump could have just never showed up to be president in all four years and we'd have been like yeah he's still in office but he didn't you know he didn't bring no laws what yeah that's yeah. not how jobs work that's not how any other job yeah. works I, I it is I mean it's like I'm I'm really happy to see that cases are falling and I, and I also see where you're coming from that like it just kind of reminds you of how needless so much loss mm -hmm. was earlier on because it was like we've just started to do like intuitive stuff right now and it yeah. immediately had an effect and it's sad for the yeah. families who unfortunately didn't um they didn't benefit from like you know the people who got covid early on and the families who didn't benefit yeah. from all the things that we learned it's like they got practiced on and those people sadly are not with us anymore when they very well could have been so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> so many people uh and yeah, I don't like there. There's other things like this article just came out on Axios uh, that is just a depiction of a single meeting that happened in December in the White House. Uh, that again is just it's shocking to like view in retrospect, and it's like wow, we were so close to uh, just complete chaos and civil war like that it's basically one side is Sidney Powell and Michael Flynn and all the kind of conspiracy theorists arguing for him to you know basically like take over and like declare martial law and then like his advisors like trying to like pointing out uh your legal argument here is like rife with typos and doesn't make any sense um <laughs> And but the meeting ended after like four hours of them like shouting swears at each other. The meeting ends with like his uh, advisors saying, do what you want. We've told you the truth. It's up to you who to believe. And the fact that that wasn't that he didn't then take that as a, you know, opportunity to just surf that all the way to the collapse of uh, America is what I feel lucky <laughs> that i i don't know it's a it's kind of a miracle we're not all living through a civil war right now mm -hmm. um but yeah like we keep saying it's not like we avoided an asteroid we had a brush with like cancer or you know so, something else and we're in much greater danger of relapse or recurrence than we would other otherwise be so it's like there's still a huge danger let's talk about fox news <laughs> Um, I guess. Love them. What's going on over there? <laughs> Haven't checked in on them in a bit. What's going on? I miss them. Yeah. So Do they Sean, get new outfits? Yeah. Same outfits. Okay. Uh, same kind of aesthetic, but um, they're kind of going through an unprecedented identity crisis um, where they've been caught in an outright lie by themselves. And so, like, because the news division was like, no, that's not true. 
And so now, like, Hannity is having to admit that uh, they lost the election and he's, like, blaming himself and being like, not enough people read my book because I told you how dangerous this was going to be. And, like, just seems legitimately, like, depressed. (laughs) Like, he's (laughs) suffering from depression live on air. It's just, like, kind of uh, moping. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of... I don't know. It's kind of amazing to see. I love the notion of not enough people read my book. Like, like his publisher was like, no one's reading the right. book, man. No one's buying it. <laughs> he he literally said, I'm done with books. <laughs> I, I wrote in the I, book. That's what, so funny that he is saying this in 2021. This man was done with books <laughs> decades ago. Are you kidding me? He was done with books in second grade. He but was done, yeah. The book that he dictated, he was expecting more people to read, enough people to win Trump the election. Um, oh, boy. And I think, you know, their ratings are falling, and I do think that beyond just the election, like the, this article in the Washington Post talks about how, you know, their their ratings are falling. They seem to be, like, suffering from an identity crisis. They're not really sure what to do without Trump. and. Beyond just like the election and them not really having like a coherent narrative to rally behind on the election mm-hmm. because Trump kind of led their opinion contributors, as they call them, basically the people who are famous that anybody watches, like Sean Hannity and uh, Tucker Carlson. Like right. Trump led them down a path that was somewhat unsustainable because it was like so, you know, it was like the the thing Michael Flynn was shouting for in that white house meeting. Like it was just rife with typos and completely (laughs) illogical. Um, and so now they're like kind of coming back down and this article is like, and now Rupert Murdoch faces a stark choice between, you know, whether to, uh, follow Trump and like the Trump supporters or, mm. you know, the traditional conservatives. And I, God. I really think it's not that I don't think they're like trying to decide between the two. I think they're just waiting to see what Trump does next. And they're right. just going to like back him full hog because, you know, the, the choice, like they always have known like what side their bread is buttered. And it's like the, racism, fascism, authoritarianism side, and their current choice that Washington Post is acting like is a real choice is between uh, this like wildly popular fascist movement and a boring traditional like conservative <laughs> movement. Uh, I don't I don't feel like they're going to side with like Mitch McConnell and Ben Sass on that. I think they're just waiting to see. What Trump's posture is going to be, probably either give him a massive platform or, uh, you know, just back it. Uh, it, It's tough to say, but it is going to be very bad. I don't I don't think it's headed towards a direction where Fox News comes back to Earth and is like, we're sorry. No, well, because it's like the second they started to back off of like Trump at the peak of Trump breaking a law every second of the day. They lost money and they lost like faith. It's it's so uh, it's it's very bleak to watch that unfold and then be like, well, we we better go back to extremism because that's what you know that's what paying makes the bills. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it works. Like, I mean, they've already <laughs> fired two of the guys who were involved with calling Arizona for uh, Biden, and like they contrasted that they were like uh it wasn't just because those were mean to daddy it was also because uh when they were on the air on election night the ratings dipped uh and they com- contrasted that with dan bongino uh who like caused ratings to go through the roof and that dude is like a that's a i'd never heard that name before but what a what a he sounds what like a fun an entertainer dan bongino. Dan bongino. Yeah. you know dan bongino about to have the house <laughs> rolling okay i mean <laughs> it, that's the sacrifice you make when you because they did the exact same thing that trump did which was instead of telling the news they leaned into this new base and just tried to give them what they wanted instead of being a news outlet so how do you go back to being a news outlet after that you kind of can't so now they're just gonna right. 
become weird fringe news, which is kind of sad because Fox used to like it was never respectable news, but you know it was it was news happening over there. I would check it every now and then when uh, Barack Obama won right. office. I checked Fox News to make sure it was real because I knew those haters wouldn't wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. <laughs> right. And they said John McCain lost, yeah. and I said okay, but now. <laughs> Yes. They couldn't bring themselves to say Obama won, but no. they were like, yeah, it looks like McCain might have lost. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know who the um, other guy is, but they won. <laughs> but Obama swore in on the Quran, so uh, it wasn't, he was never my president, I'll tell you that much. Uh, that is an actual thing that uh, the QAnon uh, representative believes. Oh, they need help. Woo! I mean, they, one of the founders of the Lincoln Project was revealed to be like a sexual predator. Um, that's not shocking. <laughs> Grooming and soliciting 21 young men, oh, uh, often with promises of political careers. Uh, he He's like a longtime uh, Republican strategist, was on the McCain campaign in 2008, speaking of. Uh, and also John, one of one of the boring GOP John guys uh, from Ohio. What's that guy's name? Mm. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah. so many Johns. Well, one of them. <laughs> John there's, Kasich. I was like, John you're going to ask me to tell one John from another John. Yeah. Of- John Kasich. He was like involved with oh, his okay. campaign. And then uh, he was like one of the handful of co-founders of the Lincoln Project and there's four Johns be... in this story alone. I know. Holy shit. <laughs> so God, many Johns. John Stop naming Weaver, your kids John, John, Weaver. John yeah. McCain. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. My this name is... is John too, by the way. But, <laughs> there. Uh, I had to <laughs> but change But you had it the good sense. <laughs> to change to literally change. To Jack. This is very this is extremely I, I I'm I'm glad that, you know, he's been called out i this is so fucking miserable and the fact that it it takes you know 21 cases i feel like we've seen multiple examples of this recently and like um you know kind of like predatory people um being called out is like it's always like over 10 people that need to come forward before anyone takes it seriously it's like 21 what the fuck yeah that is so bleak yeah because that means that uh, somebody knew at 21 people knew that's like joe paterno it's exactly. like sure. yeah people knew absolutely yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean somebody who's been like they've been working together for like years like decades and he wasn't like hiding it, right? Like he, the twenty-one people are like, yeah, no, he would. Uh, t- well, first of all, one of them is a fourteen-year-old uh, who he was asking questions about his body while he was still in high school, and then more pointed ones yeah. after he turned eighteen. Uh, and then there are texts. Basically, he made it seem like this is a professional opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. In one text exchange, he told one man he would spoil you when we see each other, uh, help you other times, give advice, counsel, help with bills. You help me sensually, uh, which just the worst Way it also yeah. like he you essentially creepy like he's also no yeah. yeah obviously all the stuff that he's doing is illegal gross and creepy but even the way he texts is just like he's like a a man in the shadows like you want some candy like the the creepiest yeah. kind of pedo like what yeah yeah these kinds of stories too it's like these are the kinds of stories that like specifically set like QAnon types on fire Mm -hmm. because it's like oh you know they don't agree with the Lincoln project fuck I barely agree with the Lincoln but like you know like they yeah it's like it's trash I don't you know whatever I won't even say that too much there but like whenever uh I I feel like it kind of I don't know I, I talked about it a lot in Lolita podcast so it's like fresh on my mind but the f- like whenever um whenever someone who isn't directly like aligned with QAnon you know is exposed as kind of a predator that reinforces this false ideology that like everyone we don't like is a child sexual predator right. when like the reality is that predators like that are in every corner like it's yes. not a political leaning that like it's just I don't like know. Like they're it's, in it's your so, family. It's so fucking miserable. Like, come on, y'all. We all exactly. had that one uncle that your mom was like, "Don't sit on his lap," but like, you can't stay over his house. Exactly. Like, so let's stop acting like. It's, but you know what? It is weirdly embarrassing to me now too. Like when the whole Army Hammer text started to come out, I was like, "Oh God, another Hollywood creep." Wow. Now we all look bad. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I feel like weirdly ashamed when they come out now. I'm like, oh, why would you do this to us? Us. Right. It's <laughs> it's just fucking miserable. It it's is. like it it uh, I don't know. I I'm glad that it got it, it got put out, yeah. but it's like the fact that they had to get to 21 That's people that this happened to. That means that it was just, always yeah. whispered about. That means that they probably like, yeah, you know him, he's yeah. got a thing for whatever. And it's like that's not a thing. That's a crime. Why are we not no one's going to call anybody? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um all right, let's take another break and we will be back to talk about Bezos. Oh. Big news in the world of Bezos, you guys. Oh yeah, I love Daddy Bezos. And we're back, and the world is like reacting to the fact that Jeff Bezos is stepping down as Amazon CEO to become vice chair, uh, which uh, is another position that allows him to do the same thing he's been doing. Like, I, I really need someone to explain to me. I've read the articles about this, and I cannot figure out why anyone should give a shit about this at all but people it's just it just seems like an opportunity for the mainstream media to write articles that reinforce the sort of pro-billionaire propaganda like it's all like he started amazon in a garage in washington state uh you know a mere 20 years ago and it's like well he was also a wall street guy who then did that like he he rented out a garage probably for a lot of money and like outfitted it with an orange couch because he heard that's what you're supposed to do at startups and like uh but he's but people don't think of garage like that like when they when he i whenever i hear that narrative spun it's always he started it in his garage so people are thinking like yeah. a right. two-car garage and like he was like <laughs> amazon.com baby wrote a like it was like fucking nirvana or something <laughs> like yeah yeah um <sighs> I don't know. It, it just ties into the overall myth of American capitalism that there's like these individual great man accomplishments and not that this is the inevitable consequence of a system that doesn't defend against monopoly and like one person is going to get that successful. And like, it's funny, even this Wall Street Journal article, uh, <laughs> like, it's like, with a day one philosophy of always maintaining an underdog startup ethos. However, in recent years, Mr. Bezos has stepped back from day-to-day -day management. He doesn't set scheduled meetings before 10 a.m. and makes all his tough decisions before 5 p.m. Uh, employees say the billionaire is elusive. That's how they describe it. With many saying they have never spotted him on the company's sprawling downtown Seattle campus. So he doesn't show up to work or works like you know, between 10 and five, which are things that would cause somebody to get immediately fired uh, from an Amazon warehouse job. Right. Well, also uh, he could fucking solve world hunger today. Like yes. I just, the, the like discussing the like ins and outs of his day to day, I feel like it's just like glorifying some like, you know, innocuous, like who gives a shit what he does at what time he could yes. fucking solve world of hunger. He could help people, but he is not, he fucking destroyed Seattle and he's like, just, I, I don't know. I just, and, and the way that these stories are framed, uh, of like the, whatever the, like, he's just a startup guy who like worked really hard and hustled his way to the top. And it's, it just like implies that he has somehow earned all of this when it's like, we know that that's not, true <laughs> like he's it's exploiting just... people and that he's killing yeah. people and he's responsible yeah. for many deaths that they cover up all the time the amazon warehouses are an ocean nightmare like and they just hide it they don't make mm -hmm. reports there's been so much if you just one quick google away you can find out and and that's why i hated when all that negative press came out about amazon during the pandemic 
um, they made all these weird commercials where they basically were like holding people at gunpoint, like, I love Amazon. They treat me so good here. Jeff Bezos is like a father to me. I like what is happening? Those were so weird. And also Yeah, and everywhere, yeah. They were everywhere. And if we haven't learned anything from the GameStop thing, is that the game is fucking rigged. Look at what happened when all the little everyday average Joe people got their hands on some stocks that were being shorted. All of a sudden your app doesn't work and you can't trade at all. Because it was never built for you to be a millionaire. You're not gonna be able to work hard or make trades and be a millionaire because there's already millionaires and billionaires who are going to make sure you cannot get to that level because that's how they stay rich. So I'm like, I'm still praying for GameStop. They in my prayers like they on the sick and shut in. I'm like, please, please, y'all hold the line. Don't sell them stocks so that we can just oh, I want to ruin all the hedge funds. <laughs> I know we're going to end up paying for it in our tax dollars, but I just want to see it happen. <laughs> I feel like that one's already been is already being sunset to like this is what happens when you go against the big guy and like being covered as like the GameStop thing was folly. Um, but it's like, but also keep hustling, everybody. This could yeah. be you. And it's like, no, no, it couldn't. Like, yeah. It's been made exceedingly clear that it fucking couldn't be us. I think we so. all need to just like look at that and realize like that is the perfect example of like you cannot be a billionaire because billionaires will not let you. <laughs> right, right. The the thing of specifically trying to reinforce the underdog myth, um, which is is the main motif that gets reasserted over and over again in these articles about him retiring. Um, really, like it really seems like it's uh, the War Department thing again. Like I, I taught for shorthand, I I talk about how the U.S. military changed its. Uh, name from war department to department of defense once they started waging offensive wars because you like do that you change the name to be the opposite of the truth so that you can like kind of cover up for it and like with trying to portray billionaires as underdog stories like the when people look at how billionaires make their fortune it's always the opposite of that it's always they find an advantage over someone who's smaller or has less you know resources than them and just exploit the shit out of that until they are they have billions of dollars that's the only way to become a billionaire is by being a predatory uh capitalist who preys on less powerful you know dynamics basically um but because we don't like the idea that that is the secret to capitalism. We tell ourselves over and over again and pay the Wall Street Journal to tell us over and over again that it's all Disney movies where the underdog came up. <sighs> it's yeah, it's it's just like it, it I don't know. And it's it's weird cuz I feel like it's kind of unspoken that most people recognize that it is like a false narrative, but it hasn't stopped it from being pushed over and over and over. Yeah, I think it's I do wonder if we're like moving in that direction, but it does seem like uh it's you know, you you wouldn't know it from reading like the mainstream accounts of Jeff Bezos and sure. the way that well, it's, people Well, it's also it's like a question of like, well, how many of these papers does Jeff Bezos own? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. it's, it goes all the way to the top there. Yeah. And this got me thinking uh about the billionaire space race again oh um, yeah which is i like it really Exhausting. cuts to the core of the like question around capitalism for me because like you know marx predicted almost 200 years ago capitalism keeps moving out and out and consuming and exploiting resources and i was like just as a personal philosophy was like hopeful at a certain point that that wasn't necessarily going to be true. There's this guy, Norman Borlaug, who like figured out farming and agriculture methods that ended up saving billions of lives, people think. And like that's, you know, innovation through capitalism that saved billions of lives. So maybe like there's ways that capitalism will help us. That they're just smarter and more capable and better than you and that they have the answers to all the world's problems. When it's like, yeah, like you were saying earlier, Jamie, like Bezos could have ended world hunger in a day and he's not. So if he's such a genius, why are people still starving and dying? But these people are trying to get trying to do the Dougie on the moon. What? Why? And like, 
And it's yeah. weird also because there's a thing about genius that spills over and we've all widely accepted this in America where it's like, oh, well, Kanye West is a musical genius. So that means he's a genius in every other right. Elon Musk is great yeah. with, you know, yeah. technology. So I would definitely let him operate on my heart. Like, wh- why can't we understand <laughs> that there's different fields yeah. and there's different like no one is just overall the smartest at everything that does not exist we all have specific talents so it's like why is that not equate when you get up into the upper echelon of money like that there's like no no no, they know how to do everything like no they know space because they send packages (laughs) and also like equating it with like kind of inherent empathy that just like is so demonstrably untrue they don't need your empathy you need theirs Right, right. They don't give it's, you any. Yeah. They don't give you any. I, this is like, this is sort of, I like, I really enjoy like space media. I like learning about space. I think it's really interesting. And these billionaires yeah. are fucking up space. Man, fuck I don't space. Like it. Fuck like, space. Man, I, I guess now I can't even, I'm like, I can't believe you guys took space from me. Like what? <laughs> Space is um, like fun. They're why? Oh, no, but now I'm like, yeah. oh, it is just a gigantic void. It makes sense that they want to go there. Um, it's <laughs> like, I mean, th- there's this article uh, in the Independent where they interviewed. They were like, why do these three billionaires want to go to space? And they just like take them <laughs> all at their word. The earth. <laughs> they they take them all at their word that they were inspired by the moon landing. Um, but there's a quote from Jeff Bezos where he literally says. We humans have to go to space if we're going to continue to have a thriving civilization. We're in the process of destroying our planet. Uh, yeah, you you oh are. He said, he said, we go. <laughs> I was like, by we, do you mean you and your friends? Like, yeah. Bezos <laughs> said, I'm going to run through this planet, so I got to find my next one. Bruh. <laughs> We've sent robotic probes to every planet in the solar system. Mm. This is the good one. We have to preserve this planet. We can do that using the resources of space. So he's basically saying, like, we're just going to go to space and get, like, all the, I don't know, fucking oxygen we need or something. And that that's, like, the fact that they didn't just, like, focus in on that first part where he's like, yeah, we have to go to space. We're destroying the planet. And me and my rich friends are going to go to space. What do you think, idiot? Like, and instead we're like, oh, yeah, he's going to help everybody when he goes to space. That's what they're talking about uh, at dinner parties. Jeff Bezos is like, look, I'm sick and tired of these people dying on the job. If I give me some aliens doing these routes. <laughs> <laughs> no one can tell me I can't abuse aliens. We don't got no laws for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a New York Times article recently about how they are uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, uh, who are the two richest human beings on Earth, uh, other than Vladimir Putin, um, <laughs> who are like fighting with each other because of like space laws, and like one of them is trying to bring their satellites into lower orbit, and the other one's fighting him, and it's just like such a dick measuring contest and this new york times article is like pointing out that they could be working together to give literally everyone on the planet internet which is a necessity a thing that we need and that needs to happen like soon give all civilizations on the planet like access to the same information technology that is increasingly running the world uh but instead they're just like focused on you know, it's capitalism. Is it? well, They're finding like selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. Selfishness like and exploiting. Well, for the whole pandemic, there's. I mean, there's been stories forever about like kids that have to like go hang outside a Taco Bell in order to attend their like Zoom classes. Like, and there's just no. I don't know, and it's fucking pennies to someone like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. It's I don't know. Everyone knows this shit, and and um, but they're going to space, and there's nothing we can do about it. So. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear my children fighting no. in the background. But, <laughs> no, can't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope they're yeah, fighting for your love. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they duel every morning uh, <laughs> with Nerf guns, but the winner gets a hug from Daddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, shall we talk about Golden Globes? I- I'm trying to figure out yeah. if they're especially bad this year. I've always had a tough time taking the Golden Globe seriously since Johnny Depp won that Golden Globe for The Tourist 
that movie with uh, mm. that everybody Whoa. forgot the yeah. second it hit theaters because it wasn't like nobody thought it was good. I don't know the the selection seems especially bad in terms of a this but not that uh, evaluation yeah, this year. I feel like yeah. this year is only different because we all had the opportunity. Well, a lot of us. There were a lot of people who were essential workers, and I shout out to y'all, thank you, um, who didn't have the opportunity to sit on their couch and be at home for hours on end, tortured, and, and nothing but television to relieve the pain. So, <laughs> so I've seen a lot of these TV shows. I've seen a lot of these movies, and I feel like that is probably a lot of people's experience as well, is like this time around, we actually know what Emily in Paris is because we all watched it on Netflix in one sitting. Um, <laughs> we know what the flight attendant is. So I think that's the only difference is normally there's stuff, a lot of stuff that I hadn't seen. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I recognize that person. But this time around, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess this is like the highest concentration probably of like, I've seen more of this stuff than I haven't, which is definitely not how it usually goes. Right. Yeah, I watched The Great. I watched The Flight Attendant. I watched Schitt's Creek, obviously, Emily in Paris, The Crown, Killing Eve, Ratchet, saw that. And I feel like Sarah Paulson getting a nomination oh for Ratchet is just like them being like, Brian Murphy, we love you, boo. Like, that show was same, same with The Prom. I mean, I enjoyed The Prom, but, like, the stuff that got nominated. The Prom got like, nominated you, for? Seriously? What did they get nominated for? James Corden got nominated <gasps> for The Prom, which is wild, because, <gasps> first of all, like, a lot of people were criticizing <gasps> his performance for being, like, low-key homophobic in the first place but there was like a lot of like bullshit performances that were nominated over How i don't know like i may destroy they? you i'm pretty sure got completely snubbed yes. like there's just amazing shows that got nothing search party got nothing you're just like well no that's the but that's i don't know and, and the thing is is like i've been seeing a lot of black people and artists and people in the entertainment producers that i follow just being like, look, you know, white people hate us, whatever. We're moving on. Like, we're not going to do this outrage thing again of, like, how you guys hate our shows and our guts. Like, whatever. You love us, you also hate us. What are we going to do? Uh, don't give us awards, whatever. We make shit cool. Boo on you. So, like, we're not going to do the represent. Like, we're not. I feel like never all the black people aren't doing the rigmarole this Black History Month. We're like, it's fine. Y'all stupid. We don't care. But I have to say, James Corden, that should have, first of all, it should have been Titus uh, Bergerus in that role. Yes, and we all yes, know I totally it. Agree. Yeah. And we all know it. Yep. And then it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> James, that was out of everybody in that movie, they're gonna give it. It was not a good James, performance. He was given the worst. On top of like He gave the girls nothing. He was give He gave them nothing. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure none of the girls got nominated. It was just like Ryan Murphy and James Corden, which I'm just like, oh God, this I don't know. I'm curious on what I know that Miles uh has a plug at the Golden Globes, but I just I don't know. There is like a part of me that's like, oh, it does feel like the internet has reached stasis again when we're arguing about shit like this. And I do mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. The Golden Globes, though, is giving VMAs. It's giving MTV VMAs. Yeah. It's like, we got to have all the yeah. famous girls there so people will watch the show. It's not giving like yes. they actually watched anything. They were like, who's popular? The, the, uh, Eric Clapton yeah. star? Okay. Um, who else? Um, <laughs> There's some, like there are some that I was like, oh, that's fun. Like there, I don't know the Aaron Sorkin. I just am like a general Aaron Sorkin hater. So I, any, I'm just like, ugh. Okay, we're still we're still doing that. Interesting. Uh, Promising young woman got some stuff. I really liked that movie. Like I don't know. There's good. There's good shit, and there's some very clear snubs. And then there's James Corden in the prom, which you're just like. Come on. I feel Come bad on. for anybody who's in the best performance by an actor drama category this year because Chadwick Boseman is in there posthumously and you just know they're going to give it to him. So mm. it's just like if you're nominated in that category, just go ahead and stay home because you're not going to get that. <laughs> they're going to make a whole moment out of it. I mean, you're not going to get that. <laughs> don't even log into the Zoom. Don't bother. Uh yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked through the entire list in in detail, but it just seems like kind of a like a just a hodgepodge of shit. But I guess it's like I, I have seen more of this stuff than I normally would, so, which is why I'm like normally I wouldn't be like ratchet, really? 
Uh, but now I know because I watched that show right. and I uh, had no fun watching. I watched it. that was I have not heard a single positive thing about that show until no, people it got really nominated. didn't like it. It was like, weird yeah. and problematic. Yeah, and this, it, but it was beautifully yeah. shot. But it was like, what are we doing here? Everyone is confusion. But Netflix told me to watch it. They were like, and I was like, okay, what's the next thing? Netflix, I'm watching. Also, before I knew it, the undoing. The undoing got a ton of shit, and I was—I don't know. That sh- I, I had fun watching you didn't that get because it was so frustrating. You didn't get undone. I didn't get undone. <laughs> I didn't. I got undone. The end. <laughs> I was there the whole time, and then the ending. I my I. I literally made a charcuterie board for the last night of the undoing and I left disappointed. <laughs> oh no, I yeah. love it. Full it. mom. Because I mean, they told, I'm not going <laughs> to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but I think Hugh Grant played that role and I think he does deserve a nomination he was good, because yeah. he was so, it, like, all it was was he, he was so good at being himself. Like, he was so good at being charming and British and you were just like, mm-hmm. yes, Hugh. And then, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but <laughs> Hugh did a good job. And then well. I feel like <laughs> Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman's jackets were the highlight of they that were. show for me. They were. Yeah. She can wear a jacket. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many HBO stuff I haven't seen yet. Uh, I may destroy you is getting a lot, a lot of attention as like, how the fuck did you leave this off? Well, Emily in Paris was in there. Uh, they're yeah. crazy like that's absolutely unless, unless Michaela Cole didn't submit it like that show changed like, I had girlfriends calling me and who were like, oh, I didn't know I was assaulted. Because they were stealth and didn't know what that was. And, like, it was just yeah. so powerful. And then and still somehow light. Like, I could still watch it. Because, you know, sometimes euphoria yeah. gets bleak for me at times. Where I'm like, oh, the babies is doing heroin again. I got to turn this off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's a yeah. huge snub. Especially with Emily and Paris's, but I, like I said, the Golden Globes. We all know the Golden Globes don't. They're not the Emmys. They're the VMAs. So yeah. they got to get the celebs yeah. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to get the celebs on the Zoom call. I'm also like, why not just like nominate people that like actually gave the best performances this year? If you can't even have a ceremony, like come on. But they want you to watch this. And Zoom. also, if you're gonna be, they want you to watch the Zoom really bad. If you're gonna be the fun awards show, like do something fun with the categories like have a best like best last episode best i don't know like don't just do the oscars but over again like somebody was pointing out that it's still so strange that they divide acting uh by between uh actors and actresses it's like what why is that so they can have more categories i I did but what annoys me still is why is does drama always get its own special thing and then comedy which is arguably harder um is literally like it's like Mm -hmm. comedy musical um that one youtube video um like they put everything (laughs) in one category (laughs) 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 why we gotta compete against everybody else anything else that happened on tv right Right, comedy and musical is very strange that they're lumped together I really hope that Maria Bakalova gets the award in her category, though, because I loved her so much in Borat. She was so good. She was so good. I don't know how they did that. She's Sasha amazing. Baron Cohen was amazing in Borat. That that was very good. He was great, yeah. That is kind of cool that they nominated uh, Borat for a couple of awards. Uh, yeah, probably cool not a sign like of things to come in the Academy Awards. Oh, though. Sasha Baron Cohen's up for the trial of Chicago 7, though, not Borat? That's... And also uh, Borat, I believe. In... Oh, he's he's okay. nominated for both. Oh, he's Whoa. nominated for both. Okay, he's nominated in drama and okay. I agree oh, with Sasha. Borat, but I was I was telling you guys off mic. My dad called me livid about his Boston accent in Trial of the Chicago <laughs> Seven, but like, best of luck to him. Hopefully, not a lot of Academy voters are from Boston. Well, Lacey and Jamie, it's been so wonderful having you both on today. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? As always, you can... Uh, Jamie, <laughs> Lacey, oh, let's go with you first. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, as always, guys. Well, if you like comedy and you like robbery, you listen to my podcast, Scam Goddess Pod. Um, and then you can always find yeah, me at yep. D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I Diva Lacey on all platforms. Oh, and I'm back on and ABC's the... the Con. So look out for that. Hell yeah. Nice. 
and is there a tweeter, some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, there is. Okay, so this tweet actually comes from my good Judy, um, my good homegirl, Mary um, Anthony. You can follow her at Mary E. Anthony One. That's a horrible Twitter name, Mary. But Mary E. Anthony One <laughs> on Twitter. And she took a picture of like, I don't know if you guys can see, but it's like, Feminine products like Vagisil oh, and yeah. Tampax mm-hmm. and Summer's Eve, which Summer's Eve is like a spray you like put in your vagina to smell good. And she says, yeah. which one of these will make my cooter taste like Baja Blast? <laughs> 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 so I really love Baja that. Baja Blast <laughs> content. <laughs> yes. That's for you, Jack. Uh, Jamie, where can people find you? Thank you so much. Uh, where, can you, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me wherever you want on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, listen to Lolita podcast. It just finished up this week. And I'm going to shout out a Hunter Harris tweet. Uh, she had a great just string of Golden Globes takes this morning. And my favorite was Aaron Sorkin getting nominated for directing is like Bohemian Rhapsody getting nominated for editing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Damn. Great. <laughs> All of Hunter's takes are uh, just no notes. Flawless. So. Follow her at Hunter Hunter H. Harris. Um, let's see. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Um, Mariana, best ass on this app, tweeted, I prefer sativas as a fun way of saying you don't have an anxiety disorder. Yes. Uh, at, Cotton Can- at Cotton Can Daddy uh, tweeted, Jeff Bezos is not special. Like I could easily be mega wealthy CEO too. If I had absolute, absolutely no regard for human life and slept upside down like a bat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, combination taco bell tweeted, we drained the Kool-Aid man and refilled him with Baja blast as a prank. And he just did a kick flip and robbed a bank. It was fucking insane. Uh, Baja blast is really fine. winning. Yeah, <laughs> more Baja Blast content. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. And we're going to ride out on Girl Like Me by Jasmine Sullivan featuring her, a recommendation from one super producer, Anna Hosnier. Uh, yeah, well, it's a good song. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything to, to <laughs> say about it because I am just about to hear it with you guys. But uh, it's got good vibes, I bet. Um, chill, chill vibes. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, we're going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for today. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Make a